Hello and welcome to Let Me Introduce You, the food business podcast where I introduce you to the most amazing producers, entrepreneurs and consultants that work with me to build stronger, healthier, better versions of their food business. I've been building teams to work with food businesses for 25 years and now we're taking you behind the scenes in my business to meet them. So let me introduce you to Betty Coster, cheesemonger and enthusiastic food lover from the Netherlands. Betty and I met thanks to Delma Tea as she hosts excellent cheese and tea pairing classes and has inspired me to want to eat cheese as part of every meal. Join us to hear her story, talk cheese, tea, how retail has gone online, what sets her stores apart and all the added value she's offered customers this last year and a lot more. How would you describe your job to other people? Oh, that's uh, that's a huge description. So <laughs> we own two cheese shops, which we run together with our two daughters. Besides that, we deliver cheese to restaurants. So we're a wholesale company and to some shops in the Netherlands. And next to that, we do export throughout the world, like Australia, America, but Europe as well. And we sell the best Farmstead cheese is from the Netherlands to those countries. And next to that, I teach. I teach cheese and pairing cheese with either tea, wine, whiskey, beer, whatever you can think of to drink. I can pair it with cheese. So we do tastings and I wrote about five books on cheese. So a quiet life and not a lot going on then? No, no. (laughs) You and I have met a couple of times in Sri Lanka. Yeah. And both times you were there doing tea and cheese pairings. Right. Can you share a little about how you first got involved in that? Yeah, of course. So I was called by Robert Schinkel, who is a tea sommelier in the Netherlands. And that must have been like 12 years ago or 13 years ago. I remember quite well, it was on a, in a winter's day on a Thursday afternoon and he came to, to combine tea and cheese, which I'd never been doing before. And he brought in maybe 20 types of tea and a lots and lots of waters, Pa Blau, which is a, 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 Sauce water from the Netherlands, which we have here too. Yes, and uh, and he taught me how to brew a real good cup of tea, and then I said, "Well, I, I never tasted tea like a tea sommelier. So, so can you tell me, like, what you what you smell, what you taste when you have a glass of tea?" So we started to do it in wine glasses right away because we felt it was obliged to be in a wine glass to do a good pairing. So he would say, well, in this tea, for example, a green tea, I smell like uh, maybe some Brussels sprouts, but also some fishy notes. And, and then I would think of which cheese to combine with Brussels sprouts or maybe with fish because I look for bridges. We call it bridges. And then I would go to my counter because we sell well over 400 kinds of cheese. So you can't just try them all with one glass of tea. So I would think of what made me pair that the best. And then I would take a platter and we would sit down and 
and taste. So you, you take a sip of the tea, you warm your mouth, you clean your mouth, and then in comes the cheese, which is from the counter. So a little bit cold, but it warms up directly and it, it gives all the flavors. And then afterwards you sip the tea again and you swallow, you, you feel everything swallowing down and melting down in your, in your stomach. And, and actually the, the combinations of tea and cheese was very similar to wine and cheese, but far more easy because the temperature was higher. So we got carried away. We tasted, <laughs> we tasted four liters of tea each. That sounds so like Robert. He is so enthusiastic. Yeah. And I can just see how that could have happened. <laughs> and it was like seven in the evening when we said, we got to stop. We got to go home. And, and we looked outside and in the afternoon, it started snowing and there was a pile of snow, like one and a half meters. So. Oh no. Yeah, and you hadn't it, even uh, noticed. No. Oh, that's just no, so, so typical. The drive, which normally took him 20 minutes, now took him two and a half hours to get home. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah. That is amazing, though. So that was your introduction to tea. Yeah. Last year, when we were in Sri Lanka, which seems like more than a year ago, we were so lucky with the timing of that school of tea. A few weeks later, we wouldn't have been able to go, and it doesn't look like, anyone will be able to get there this year. So I'm really very, very grateful that we were there last year. No, for sure. Yes, so am I. One of the things I remember was you had brought a beautiful creamy goat's cheese with you. Yeah. And I loved that you had chosen that to pair. It blew my mind because it was such a difficult cheese yeah, to pair true. with a drink, but it was so incredible. And then the strawberry tea that you paired with another cheese, yeah, that was which amazing, again is a really different tea to pair and yeah, I, not necessarily what you would think of in, no. initially, but oh, it was amazing. No, actually, I'm not a really in favour of all those flavoured teas. I, I'd rather have the... Every time he sends me those, so Dylan sends me those teas to, to combine, I'm so surprised how they work out because sometimes a little touch of fruitiness or sweetness from a honey or something is just the, 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 the exceptional flavor you need to have exceptional pairing. Yes, I know. And there are a whole wonderful new range of Ayurvedic teas which are just coming our way I, I'm told that I'll get mine to taste very soon and I can't wait to try them all and understand all the holistic benefits of each of them and then to see what they will partner with food-wise too. It's always really good fun. How did you first know what you wanted to do or when first did you know that you would end up in a life of cheese? <laughs> <laughs> so I was... In cheese, uh, so my grandmother had a cheese store. And when I was just a little kid, I would be uh, just behind the counter looking up and trying to do, see if I could help or something. Then I went to school. I finished uh, my education. And my dad, who was a sailor, said, listen, honey, I didn't make you go to school to be just behind the counter in a cheese shop. I want you to do another education to to um, improve yourself. So I had an operation on my feet in those days and I was in the hospital and I thought that was quite good work. So I, I started to do uh, nursing school. And as 
if they knew, they, they put me on neurology for my internship and I couldn't do it. I mean, I was crying every night when I came home, when there was a guy of 18 years old who had a motor accident and was in a coma. I, I was at home thinking of this guy and I, I just couldn't do it. So after half a year, I said, well, listen, dad, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to stop. I'm going to, I'm going to go back into cheese, but I'll prove you wrong. I'll prove you, you can mean something in cheese more than a nurse or whatever. So I proved him wrong, I think. <laughs> I think you did. It's funny though, isn't it? It's often the experience people have who want to work in food. I know my school thought it was a horrific idea. And I think even my dad would rather I'd done a pure science degree, something that he understood more about. Yeah. And and it's a shame because everybody eats and we need talented people in the food industry too. Absolutely. And and it's and, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's not like it's, uh, uh, how do you call it, degradation? It doesn't, no. No, not at all. And you need the skills. Absolutely. And you need to build that knowledge. And even now there are new things, new processes that you need to learn. I'm learning all every day, yeah. You and I had a conversation last year about dairy herds and how much milk yield they get from a cow and it completely changed my outlook on dairy and I'm now only buying organic milk, um, small artisan cheeses and organic yogurts and kefirs and things like that. It's about constantly educating yourself because those... um. You know, those ways of farming weren't the ways when you began your shop, those intensive ways. No. And so you need to re-educate yourself constantly to keep up with what might happen. Yeah, true. We've spoken about the fact that you began with your grandmother. So that may be part of your answer to my next question. But are there, are there people, people you've worked with, or met along the way who have inspired you or people who you equally think, oh, I don't like the way they do things and I don't want to do things like that. What would you say you've learned most and who would you say you've learned it from? Okay, well, that's quite interesting because my first experience with someone when we started our own business, so of course, before that, it was my grandma. Uh, but when we started our own business in uh, 1989, we went to London to visit Niels Yard Dairy and we um, met with Randolph Hudson, who was the director, and Jason Hines, who is now a director there. And they told us that they supported the small farmers in the country because in those days, the supermarkets didn't want those farmstead cheeses and they, they left them with their cheeses. And then Randolph said to the farmers, listen, I'm going to support you and I'm going to sell your cheeses abroad as well. But listen, we're going to save you, but we're going to be your key customers. So whenever those supermarkets come back, they're not the first ones to choose, but we are. And, and he also offered them a really fair price for their products, which they weren't used to because the supermarkets would turn down the prices. So that's something which I learned from them because in our country it was about the same. And um, 
they also made the farmer known. So they told about, they didn't talk, just talk about Lancashire, but they talked about Mrs. Kirkham. Yes, whose Lancashire cheese I had last evening. And it's so different from any other, any big store-bought Lancashire cheese. Incredible. They only give you it when they know that it's perfect. Yeah. You know, and that's where a cheesemonger's expertise really comes into it. Absolutely. So that's the same thing we did in those days. So that's well over 30 years ago when all the farmers were anonymous in the Netherlands because you just bought farmstead cheese. You didn't know where it came from. And we started to name the farmer and give him a face. And now everyone does the same in the Netherlands. So the farmers are really proud of what they do. And And that safeguards them too. It also means that they have to make a consistent product. Absolutely. It's not just a Lancashire or just a Red Leicester. It's their product and they're fully invested in it. Absolutely. So it's their uh, obligation to make a beautiful cheese, but it's also rewarding. It's more rewarding because everyone who learns about it wants to have it. So and and they come to the farm to 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 meet them and to buy. So yeah, for me, Niels Yardari has been a really big example. And lately, of course, on a totally different scale, but socially, more socially, Dilma has been a very big example for us. So calling it a matter of human services, I really think so. So we're also trying to help out where we can. And every year we set a goal for a group of people who are in need and and help them out somewhere. And then business-wise, I've learned a lot of one of our biggest customers in, in the US, which is Essex Cheese. And that's an importing company built by a Greek lady once. And they... They teach us how to be a, a business wise, really wise. So, yeah, so that there's inspiration everywhere. But those are the three biggest ones we had in the last 30 years. Yeah, they're all very special ones. So it's great. Thank you. I was going to ask you who you admired, but you've more than shown us that too. People often say you have to step out of your comfort zone to be successful, to do something you, you never thought you would do or would never feel comfortable with. What are those things for you? What do you think you've done, say, 30 years ago, you would never have imagined you would do? Um, every time, uh, no, let me say it like this. So the biggest thing I never thought what I would need to be doing is reinvent the wheel. So you never think you're there. Never think because something just might happen and it happens all the time. Either it's a, a financially crisis or someone in your family gets really ill or like now with a pandemic, um, something can happen which turns your life upside down and you have to start reinventing something new to recover or to, to come out really uh, well with your business and never sit back like... Um, like you, you made it. Like it's all yeah. sorted. Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, I said to someone uh, last week, I said, I never seen someone who's really good in business, who's earning his money on a couch. You're always really in bed then. No. Yeah. 
it's me. But I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And and some of the people here, they really get tired with me. Something new again, you know. I've. <laughs> but I, I just, life is exciting like that. So. Yeah. I think that too. You know, when you started naming cheese makers, others weren't doing it. But now they've seen that is a thing that they can do and they're copying that. So you have to do the next thing. Exactly. I bet nobody was pairing teas with cheeses and then you do that and others follow you too. And then you have to do something else. Right. Recently, you've launched or you've built up your web shop, which has become really popular. Yeah. And I and hopefully that will continue after we come out of the restrictions. Yeah. I think people are sold in online now. They understand it and they know they can get good things if they shop that way. And it allows you to reach a much wider audience than you would just through your shops. Right. And and what we also did is we created boxes. Yes. And that can be a box with beer, with tea, with uh, Pinot de Charente, with... You can no. think of anything, but people can buy a box and do a tasting at home. And then they get a, a link to a little film on YouTube and they see me explaining what they're tasting. So I'm, I don't have to be there uh, on Zoom or something, but they can do it anytime at home. As soon as you're starting drinking alcohol, you don't want to drive afterwards. So those tastings at home are getting bigger and bigger. I've bought friends vouchers so that they could join those things with me. Oh. And I've also gifted other people vouchers that they can you know, make a group on their own and and choose when they do it. It's just, it's a really nice thing. It's a good yeah. idea, the voucher. There you go. <laughs> um, I have Courtyard Dairy in the UK to thank for that idea, but that's what they were doing. But it allows people to pick when they want to do it. But it's also a good way to get a group of customers together, a group of suppliers together group of friends together. It's a fun way to see friends and spend some time with them because we can't meet up or eat out at the moment. Um, and also, if you're like me and you're cooking just for yourself every evening, it becomes a bit boring and it's nice to have something to do, something different in an evening, something that lets you switch off from your work too. What is something you've learned about yourself that you wished you'd realized earlier in your journey? <laughs> what I've learned about myself is that the power my body has. So it's a tough job. It's uh, We have wheels of cheese who weigh about 40 kilos, which you have to uh, cut, carry and cut. And uh, so, but I'm almost 60 years old and I'm still up and running five days a week, six days a week, turning those wheels and cutting them when necessary. And um I never thought about it, let me say it like that. I never thought about it, but now as I look at back at my life, I think, wow, I'm still here. I'm still really able to do my job really uh, properly uh, because my body is so strong. And that is something uh, my grandma couldn't, um, she stopped when she was uh, uh, 50, six, yeah, 56. So so it's not it's it's a gift it's a very valuable one we've all learned this year your health is the big thing it's a really good one too absolutely what is the new cheese that you're excited about if you were to pick one cheese to enjoy today what would that be i know that's a really difficult question oh 
Well, I always say this. I have I have a cheese for every moment, right? So uh, in the morning, I love a goat milk cheese or something. And in the afternoon, uh, a Senecter or Lancashire. But the only thing people can really make me wake up for at night even is a really good rock for. Oh, good choice. Yeah, but, yes, yes. But a really good one. So there's a lot of rubbish on the, on the market and uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be so salty and the creaminess is lovely. But then again, a good Stilton is also a, a high recommended. So, But I love blue cheese. Good, yes. Blue cheese is a good thing too. I can understand that. If you were going to start a business like yours now, if somebody was considering starting a cheese business, what would you tell them? Is there anything you'd say you must think about this or you must do this first? Well, um, a lot of people started because they wanted to change their, their jobs in a midlife crisis. And they started a cheese shop because they it looked like fun. So my first warning is, listen, uh, having a cheese shop is um, might be 50% uh, selling cheese, but 50% cleaning. So don't underestimate that. Um, and if you start a cheese shop, then you have to always think of being better than the others. So look around, look at the supermarkets, look at the, 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 the markets only, uh, what they sell, because they're your competitors. And you always have to stand out. Otherwise, people will take the easy way out and go to a supermarket and buy it all. So you have to give them a reason to come to you. And that is either a lot of pleasure during buying your cheese, but it's combined with good products, a lot of knowledge, and the products you can't find anywhere else. Because price comparing, everyone does it. But if you really have a good piece of farm set cheese, you can never compare that price with the price from the supermarket because they don't do that product. No, they can't control it in the same way as you can. True. They need it not to ooze out. Yeah. Um, so if you're, you know, onto their counter, so if you're buying it from them. Right. You're really buying it two weeks before it's ready to eat. And all the care to and attention that you give people it's an experience isn't it it is even when you've even when you've gone online you've still given them that experience from yep. from your youtube videos and your unique combinations of flavors and recipes yeah and yep. that's how you nurture online and give that same experience to people as when they're face to face with you exactly we just uh, did our january box which uh, because the restaurants are still closed and uh, in this box, I say, uh, we offer uh, four or five cheeses with a recipe to cook at home. So you have like a Saint-Marcelaine. I don't know whether you know that cheese, which is in a ceramic, ceramic um, uh, little uh, tray. And then you get a crumble to put on top of it. And that crumble has been made with guanciale, which is a kind of, you know, guanciale? Yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. With oh, lovely, and I dry the guanciale and I mix it with almonds and oregano, and then you have a crumble on top, and you put it like uh, six minutes in the oven at 180 degrees Celsius, and you have this little fondue. Beautiful. Or you have you get in the same box, you get 250 grams of Beaufort from the Savoie, and then you get the recipe for the Bertou, which is uh, also you take an oven dish. And you put in the, the Beaufort with some garlic, some ground pepper, 
and then a little bit of a white wine combined with vermouth and you put it for 15 minutes in the oven and you get this really brownish golden fondue-like dish which is incredible you go through the wine and the spices and the cheese and you eat your bread like that it's amazing and we have one more which is more lacco which is a cheese from italy with a bloomy rind very soft creamy little bit of saltiness as well and usually the farmers in italy made it to to spoon it through the polenta when they were cooking it and when i taste it this very gorgeous one which was raw milk It made me think of mushrooms, so I drench morillas in the armagnac and then I fry them with a bit of garlic and, and onions. And I scoop the cheese and swirl the, the combination with the mascarpone cream and the, and the morillas through the whole cheese. So And we scoop it, so you buy it by a little bucket. And if you put that on your pizza, you get crazy. So... We have those recipes in the box this month. Oh, but how special those are too. Yeah. That's a real differentiation for you. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. When I get to come and have a cup of tea and some cheese with you, I'm going to bring you this guanciale from a northern uh, from Northern Ireland. Oh, really? Yes. There's a great butcher called Peter Hannan. Yeah. Um, he's won a number of great taste awards and he's twice been supreme champion, the overall best product in the awards, you know, with Ooh. with around 10 or 12,000 other products. This His products have twice been singled out. And I think actually that when he was supreme champion for the second time, he was the first person ever to have done that. And he makes a guanciale. He made it initially kind of with a bit of humour just to show that he could do something new, that he could do something different, that, you know, he's very well known for his dry aged beef and things. And I think he just wanted to to have something else to put in to to stretch himself, step outside his comfort zone. And he entered guanciale. And it won him the supreme champion. He cures it for three weeks with fennel and thyme and other spices. And it has a really delicate buttery texture. And it was the first one that I had ever tasted. But I've tasted other sins. But I really do think that this is sort of sets itself apart. So I need to bring some of that to you when I come. When we can travel again, you won't stop me as I want to spend some time with you. And I also want to see the Doma Benelux team. Hopefully we'll get to do that later this year. One last thing from me. If you could sum yourself up in three words, and I know this is difficult for you as I'm asking you for English words, but you're amazing. So I know you will have three words for me that capture exactly who you are. Uh, so the first one is passionate. I would agree. Yes. Um, the second one is, I don't know the, if there's one word for it, but life, enjoying life, almost sucking life. Don't want to miss out on anything. And uh, the third one is caring. I think you've summed yourself up really well there. You are all those things. Thank you. Your enthusiasm <laughs> for cheeses, your passion for food and drink and the industry generally is very infectious. Thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. It was really lovely to get the chance to catch up with you too. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're much alike, I think. I so. think we are <laughs> in a lot of ways. I'm very grateful we got the chance to spend more time together last year. Yeah. Oh, 
oh, you remember? Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> I think we both try and squeeze as much out of our days as we can, which is a good way to be. Yeah. Thank you again for taking this time to talk to me. It was really lovely to catch up. Likewise. Thank you for listening to Let Me Introduce You, the food business podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you pick up your podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a comment to let me know what you enjoyed or connect to me at Jane Milton Food on Instagram or at Food Networking on Twitter. And if you found this helpful, we'd love you to tell other food businesses about it too. See you next time. Thank you.